Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Very much to be the first man on the top. And did not object to be accompanied by anyone else who had the same wish. He had no intention of letting one succeed too soon. Perhaps to give a greater appearance of eclat when the thing was accomplished. As he feared no rival, he may have supposed that the more difficulties he made, the more valuable he would be estimated, though to do him justice he never showed any great hunger for money. His demands were fair, not excessive, but he always stipulated for so much per day, and so, under any circumstances, he did not do badly. Vexed at having my time thus frittered away, I was still well pleased when he volunteered to start again on the morrow if it was fine. We were to advance the tent to the foot of the tower, to fix ropes in the most difficult parts beyond, and to make a push for the summit on the following day. The next morning, Friday the 25th, when I arose, good little Mene was ready and waiting, and he said that the two Carrels had gone off some time before, and had left word that they intended marmot-hunting, as the day was favourable for the sport. My holiday had nearly expired, and these men clearly could not be relied upon. So, as a last resort, I proposed to the hunchback to accompany me alone, to see if we could not get higher than before, though of reaching the summit there was little or no hope. He did not hesitate, and in a few hours we stood, for the third time together, upon the Col du Lion, but it was the first time Mene had seen the view unclouded. The poor little deformed peasant gazed upon it silently and reverently for a time, and then unconsciously fell on one knee in an attitude of adoration, and clasped his hands, exclaiming in ecstasy, O oh, beautiful mountains! His actions were as appropriate as his words were natural, and tears bore witness to the reality of his emotion. Our power was too limited to advance the tent, so we slept at the old station, and starting very early the next morning passed the place where we had turned back on the 24th, and subsequently my highest point on the 19th. We found the crest of the ridge so treacherous that we took to the cliffs on the right, although most unwillingly. Little by little we fought our way up, but at length we were both spread-eagled on the all but perpendicular face, unable to advance and barely able to descend. We returned to the ridge. It was almost equally difficult, and infinitely more unstable, and at length, having pushed our attempts as far as was prudent, I determined to return to Breuil, and to have a light ladder made to assist us to overcome some of the steepest parts. I expected, too, that by this time Carrel would have had enough marmot-hunting, and would deign to accompany us again. We came down at a great pace, for we were now so familiar with the mountain, and with each other's wants, that we knew immediately when to give a helping hand, and when to let alone. The rocks also were in a better state than I had seen them before, being almost entirely free from glaze of ice. Mene was always merriest on the difficult parts, and on the most difficult kept on enunciating the sentiment, 
We can only die once, which thought seemed to afford him infinite satisfaction. We arrived at the inn early in the evening, and I found my project summarily and unexpectedly knocked on the head. Professor Tyndall had arrived while we were absent, and he had engaged both César and Jean-Antoine Carrel. Benin was also with him, together with a powerful and active friend, a Valaison guide named Anton Walter. They had a ladder already prepared, provisions were being collected, and they intended to start on the following morning, Sunday. This new arrival took me by surprise. Benin, it will be remembered, refused point-blank to take Professor Tyndall on the Matterhorn in 1861. He was dead against any attempt on the mountain, says Tyndall. He was now eager to set out. Professor Tyndall has not explained in what way this revolution came about in his guide. I was equally astonished at the faithlessness of Carrel, and attributed it to pique at our having presumed to do without him. It was useless to compete with the professor and his four men, who were ready to start in a few hours, so I waited to see what would come of their attempt. Everything seemed to favor it, and they set out on a fine morning in high spirits, leaving me tormented with envy and all uncharitableness. If they succeeded, they carried off the prize for which I had been so long struggling, and if they failed, there was no time to make another attempt, for I was due in a few days more in London. When this came home clearly to me, I resolved to leave Breuil at once, but when packing up found that some necessaries had been left behind in the tent. So I went off about midday to recover them, caught the army of the professor before it reached the col, as they were going very slowly, left them there, stopping to take food, and went on to the tent. I was near to it when all at once I heard a noise aloft, and looking up perceived a stone of at least a foot cube flying straight at my head. I ducked and scrambled under the lee side of a friendly rock while the stone went by with a loud buzz. It was the advanced guard of a perfect storm of stones, which descended with infernal clatter down the very edge of the ridge, leaving a trail of dust behind with a strong smell of sulphur that told who had sent them. The men below were on the lookout, but the stones did not come near them, and breaking away on one side, went down to the glacier. I waited at the tent to welcome the professor, and when he arrived went down to Breuil. Early next morning someone ran to me saying that a flag was seen on the summit of the Matterhorn. It was not so, however, although I saw that they had passed the place where we had turned back on the twenty-sixth. I had now no doubt of their final success, for they had got beyond the point which Carrel, not less than myself, had always considered to be the most questionable place on the whole mountain. Up to it there was no choice of route. I suppose that at no one point between it and the col was it possible to diverge a dozen paces to the right or left. But beyond it it was otherwise, and we had always agreed in our debates that if it could be passed success was certain. The accompanying outline from a sketch taken from the door of the inn at Breuil will help to explain. The letter A indicates the position of the great tower. C. The cravate, the strongly marked streak of snow referred to in an earlier note, and which we just failed to arrive at on the 26th. B. The place where we now saw something that looked like a flag. Behind the point B, a nearly level ridge leads up to the foot of the final peak, which will be understood by a reference to the outline on page 46 
on which the same letters indicate the same places. It was just now said, we considered that if the point C could be passed, success was certain. Tyndall was at B very early in the morning, and I did not doubt that he would reach the summit, although it yet remained problematical whether he would be able to stand on the very highest point. The summit was evidently formed of a long ridge, on which there were two points nearly equally elevated, so equally that one could not say which was the highest, and between the two there seemed to be a deep notch, marked D on the outlines, which might defeat one at the very last moment. My knapsack was packed, and I had drunk a parting glass of wine with Favre, who was jubilant at the success which was to make the fortune of his inn, but I could not bring myself to leave until the result was heard, and lingered about, as a foolish lover hovers round the object of his affections, even after he has been contemptuously rejected. The sun had set before the men were descried coming over the pastures. There was no spring in their steps. They, too, were defeated. The Carrels hid their heads, but the others said, as men will do when they have been beaten, that the mountain was horrible, impossible, and so forth. Professor Tyndall told me that they had arrived within a stone's throw of the summit, and admonished me to have nothing more to do with the mountain. I understood him to say that he should not try again, and ran down to the village of Val Tournanche, almost inclined to believe that the mountain was inaccessible, leaving the tent, ropes, and other matters in the hands of Favre to be placed at the disposal of any person who wished to ascend it, more, I am afraid, out of irony than generosity. There may have been those who believed that the Matterhorn could be ascended, but anyhow their faith did not bring forth works. No one tried again in 1862. End of chapter 5、hey、guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.